You know, delivering excellence is more than just 18 wheels moving products around the country. Trucking is complex, and its people are passionate. Accommodating a diverse driving workforce, ever-changing regulations, supply chain demands, and new technologies all present their own challenges, but in trucking, the creative and the innovative succeed. Let's understand the people that drive and support the trucking industry, and welcome to Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cab. I am your host, Tim Krolski, and with me today I have a vast room of knowledge, a lot of brain power in the room today. Um, I think our first uh, our first podcast with more than two other people, so kind of cool today. I have with me today Eric Sponseller, who is currently our brand new retention specialist, uh, former driver, and uh, some experience there, and uh, we'll tell you why here in a minute. I also have Ben Helley here with me, uh, current driver for us, over-the-road driver, and uh, has many miles of experience and uh, has cut his teeth well here at Garner Trucking. And then finally, I have Jenny Fall, who is our Enrichment and Engagement Manager. And uh, we're going to talk today a little bit about the One Percenters Club. We're going to talk a lot a bit about the performance bonus incentives and and uh, just kind of give a little bit of background on these things where they came from why they're here now and uh, what we're doing that's you know kind of positive that's affecting um, or, or getting uh, getting gains as far as that performance bonus is concerned so um, you know starting at the top of this this I'm going to ask each one of you Ben and Eric as far as the one percenters club um that is the that is the group of individuals that have figured out a way to do less than one percent or less than one percent in idle time and we've seen some of that um it's a pretty um you would think pretty simple thing but um it can be complicated so um eric i'm gonna start with you so what's your what's your technique what what are the things you're doing to reduce that idle time so so that you're at one percent or below well, the one thing I do, uh, first of all, is when I make a delivery, uh, as soon as I come to my uh, driver check-in, uh, I, pu- I set my brakes and I immediately shut the uh, truck off. I shut the engine down immediately. I don't let it run. I don't let it run going in to do my check-in before I go in to do my load or to back into the dock. Um, I restart the vehicle after I've delivered my paperwork. and. Um, in, in most cases, open the doors right there while the truck is stopped. Okay. Um, so uh, the only time then, um, well, at that point then, I start the truck, get backed up in the dock, shut down again as, as soon as I'm docked. And um, I don't I don't let the truck idle for any length of time. Um, if the truck stopped, I'm most likely shutting down at that point. Okay. I'm not letting it run. And also, too, you know, like at a, when you're stopped for a train, if I'm not moving, and who knows how long that train is, I'm I'm you shut it off. I'm then. shutting it off. I'm okay, setting the brakes and shutting the engine down. All right, because it could be a 20 minute wait. Ben, you handle things any differently than that, or any other magic? No, it's I mean, about the exact same thing. It's my philosophy is if I'm out of the cab for more than a minute or two, mm-hmm. shut yeah. the truck off. Um, the only time that truck's stays on when I'm not in the cab is if I'm actively dropping and hooking onto another trailer. But as soon as I've done that, you know, doing the pre-trip, as soon as I get to the pre-trip, you know, when I back into that empty, mm-hmm. and then I shut the truck off because I know I'm going to be out of it for more than a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Same thing as Eric, 
stop at a railroad, turn the truck off. No kidding. Yep. I um, would not. I would not have expected that today. Yeah. I would not have expected shut that. that was shut that. Shut it off when you're doing that. Cause same thing. You know, a lot of them are a minute, ninety seconds or less. But you never know when you're going to have the second. You know, especially on six, you've got double tracks. So you may have a train coming north mm-hmm. and then a train coming south right after it. Yeah. So you've got a couple of them you're waiting on. Um, another thing that I've done is is once if I come in and it's not something I deal with very often just because of the times I drive but if I come into where there's an accident and there's traffic backed up mm-hmm. you know our trucks now after they sit idle for so long the shutdown comes up on the screen if I'm sitting in standstill traffic and that comes up I shut the truck off until I see the traffic start moving again right. okay so I'll sit and try I'll sit in standstill traffic with the truck off huh yep. yeah I would not have expected that today that is interesting. yeah yeah, I, I, that's a, a great little philosophy. I, I guess on the flip side of all of this, and you know, knowing knowing that you guys are at kind of the, the top of this um, this particular club, um, what do you think? What do you think the reasons are that drivers aren't attempting to do these sorts of things? They don't pay for the fuel. That's fair. Well, they 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 don't have consideration for partly for that reason. They're not they're not thinking about. I shouldn't be idling this truck. We're, we're, we're asked to uh, not idle for length any length of time, but some people just possibly just either forget or um, don't think it's necessary to shut the truck down. They just think idling is perfectly fine. So you haven't been in a situation though where uh, you know with uh, with regard to the APU where your your climate and your comf- level of comfort. It's it's there, correct? I mean, it is. That's the other thing too. When you shut down and, if, and you have uh, bad weather conditions, it's it, it's very cold outside. It's very hot outside. I merely get out of my seat and just just fire up the APU. Okay. Rather than I do the same bed. exact same thing. You know, yeah. You're loading. I, I mean, I've sat in, in with an accident where I'm sitting for 45 minutes, and I mean, you just fire up the, the APU. Controls, yeah. The controls are four feet away from me. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Right. F- turn that on and just let that run. Um, I've had a couple of times where we've had some issues with the APU where we've had to turn, right. you know, we've had to turn the idle um, function on on the truck, and that's aggravating because yeah. to have that running all night long while you're trying to sleep, but it's a bit um, much. yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's a waste. But yeah, I mean, we, we have the ability to keep the cab comfortable while we're being loaded, yeah. unloaded. Okay. So All right. I, I I think you know it, it really feeds into this idle time feeds into the performance. Uh, bonus program that we have here at Garner, mm-hmm. and um, you know there's a there's a lot of uh, background and time and effort. Uh, there was a whole committee that kind of went into putting this thing together. But um, generally, Jenny, if I could just have you kind of talk briefly about you know what what's the what's the the gist of the program and sure. Um, well, what about a year ago, we decided that we wanted to come up with some sort of program that recognized drivers who are really making a an impact. Um, for the company and be able to give some of those dollars back as opposed to a blanket one cent across the fleet. So that's kind of the origin and the reason for um, finding this program. Um, Some of the different things we were trying to track, what technology do we have? What's going to be the same for everyone? Um, With no personal opinions, no what ifs, no um, manual entry. What, What technology did we have that was able to track everybody equally across the board? So we came up with the MPG program, which we use our Omnitracks data, which tracks by driver um, their MPG, their cruise usage, their idle time, um, 
There's a couple other pieces of information that the Omnitrax tracks. Um, so we use that data to look at MPG. Um, then we use our smart drive cameras that pull triggers um, for safety events that happen over the course of a month. Um, safety reviews those to see if they're like legitimate triggers. Um, I would say the majority of the fleet don't have any, so that's another opportunity. Mm -hmm. And the final thing is fueling. If you can save the company money um, by purchasing your fuel cheaper or at the shop, 70% of the time you get back another cent per mile. Well, and the last piece especially was one of those things that I think all good intentions right out of the gate, we kind of had that one. We had to rethink it. Absolutely. Thanks to our drivers that kind of pointed it out and said, hey, you know, look, um, I'm out on the road and that price you're paying at the uh, at the shop is m much more than, than what we're seeing here out on the road. And I, I would say this past year more than any other time in my history here that I can recall that it's, you know, there were months where it's like, okay, it's, it's just cheaper out on the road than this year. Significantly cheaper in yeah. some cases. Yeah. So um, I, I think the, the most interesting thing to me about the performance bonus program is watching what's happened in terms of the driver's behavior, their mm -hmm. logic, the questions that they're asking, you know, if they're not achieving why am I not achieving? What, what do you What do you find is the the big one with that? Um, the MPG question is always the question I get a lot of feedback on. Um, the fueling was one at the very beginning, but we made those adjustments and um, counted time over the road for fueling. But MPG, what do I do? I'm doing everything that I possibly can. Um, I hear a lot about weight. Mm -hmm. um, I I <laughs> yes, Ben is one that always says I'm I'm heavy all the time. There's nothing else I can do. Um, I will tell you that uh, I had three three or four drivers that said that, and then we looked at some of the other things that we can track, um, and those drivers weren't doing everything that they could. Right. Um, so the cruise was less than what it could be, mm -hmm. and the idle time was more than it could be. Um, so just kind of gut checking, like you said, those different those different behaviors, because we can track that. Um, it's just data that we have from our electronic um, logging devices, the Omnitrack system, and it's, it's just data. It's not from anywhere other than from the truck when the driver's in it. Well, and as you as you kind of pointed out at the beginning of all this, we wanted everything to be tangible, nothing to be guesswork, nothing to be, I suppose, you know, those types of lines of thought. And the one thing that we came up very quickly was, okay, we, we just have to measure the fleet against the fleet. So when it comes to MPG, our trucks are relatively close to the same. All the models, the styles, they're set up the same way. They have the same general equipment. There isn't a lot of variation or enough variation that's going to be really damaging to that performance. But Ben, you had pointed out a couple of months back the, the whole weight thing. Mm. And um, we're actually working through that right now. But would you share with us your logic as far as the weight? So I am... OCD on anything that has to do with efficiency. And so I track my mile, you know, and now, you know, our trucks show what our MPG is. Now, granted, that's an algorithm. It's not exactly what right. we're actually getting, but it still gives me an idea of this is what you're doing. I reset that daily. So, because I'm tracking it all the time. So, I'm one of the biggest things if that drops off significantly, there's something wrong with the truck. I need to right. get it checked out. Mm -hmm. um, Great uh, logic to have, by yeah. the way, because we found that through this program, mm -hmm. one of the big things is, is that there were some issues yes. with a series of trucks. We had about 10 of them that were set up differently than the rest, and they were inhibiting the MPG that they needed to get, and we were able to correct it. Right. So. Yeah. And, and also, I understand is that fuel is the second biggest expense that we have. And so that's one of the things is like, how can I reduce 
that cost as much as possible. So I'm always tracking that different things. And so over the time and over the years of driving, I have noticed there are really three factors that significantly affect what is going on with your fuel economy. And I call it the triple W effect. Okay. And it's weight, wind, and wet. (laughs) And so weight is by far the biggest thing that I've noticed that affects my fuel economy. You know, I'm running cabinets out to St. Louis and you're pulling a, you know, 12,000, 15,000 pound load, your fuel economy is way Totally different, yeah. Versus hauling, uh, you know, a 42,000 pound Home Depot load out to New York and bringing a 42,000 pound trash load back Back. here. um, There's a significant difference in the amount of, you know, what your fuel economy is based off of that weight. Hmm. Wind is a huge factor. You know, as I'm heading out to New York, you know, most of the time we've got a tailwind. And if it's one of those days where it's, you know, 15, 20 mile an hour and I'm heading out, you can just watch the, you can watch the MPG go up as you're heading out. And then you turn around and you're driving back into that, you can watch it drop. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge factor um, when you run into that. And then the last one is, is wet pavement. If the pavement is wet, it is going to reduce your fuel economy. Right. No traction, yeah, slip. Traction. So that's, those are the three biggest things that I've noticed. Um, and I've, I've tested it or I'll, I'll change the way I drive. I, you know, mm-hmm. change different things, change the way, you know, do I let the truck accelerate itself up to speed? Do I do it? Do I put it to the floor? Do I just gradually go into it? Those things affect it a little bit, mm-hmm. but not near as much as what those three factors. So it's like, Eric, what, what, what are your thoughts when it comes to, um, specifically MPG since we're, we're, we're talking about that category. Right. And I agree with what uh, Ben said. Um, definitely wind is a big factor and you get a tailwind, you get much better gas mileage. Um, my, or fuel, I'm sorry, fuel mileage <laughs> as, I, I always as in diesel fuel. Yes, that's correct. Um, <clears throat> uh, the big thing with, and I do watch the, um, the real time read on the, uh, miles per gallon. And I've found it in some cases that, if you play around with your speed, you can you can get a different miles per gallon at a different speed depending on what wind conditions are and the, the weight conditions. So definitely with the tailwind, uh, with the tailwind with the wind at your back, you're going to have much better f- uh, uh, fuel mileage. Uh, but then then if you add in the weight, then you have a compounding problem with both wind and weight, especially when you're in a headwind. Um, but the biggest factor I found with fuel mileage um, or miles per gallon uh, is using the cruise control. I use the cruise control almost all the time. I'm using a cruise control when I'm getting on an expressway. Uh, I'm not hammering it to the metal, trying to get up a hill. Uh, I'm letting the technology of the truck drive me. Mm-hmm. And it's it, I, it senses when you need fuel and when you need to accelerate. Uh, and so, um, so I'm in cruise as soon as I get on, a, on, a, on an entrance ramp to a, to a highway, and I, I remain in cruise. And I watch my speed too, so I'm, doing, I'm not doing 65, I'm doing 62, 60, and I'm staying consistent. So the idea of using cruise and maintaining a consistent speed uh, contributes, I believe, to the miles per gallon. Well, I think that was one of the unique things about your performance too, because um, really you should be at a disadvantage as a general statement ben you have time you're out on the road you're long hauling it 
you've got you're putting down miles you you have the ability to be able to be consistent but eric you're we're in a local situation and so the stop and go for you is significantly more yet the reporting that gets done consistently for months and months and months puts you at the top of that mpg and um you know we 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 look at those things obviously every week and every month uh, so I just thought it was an interesting thing, and that's what we wanted to know right away was what are you doing that's so, you know, because by rights you should be, your MBG should be down in the low sevens or something like that, and here you are in the high nines. Yeah. And it has to do with that road speed, that behavior, which, you know, time is time is money too. Uh, and I'm not stating that our drivers should go ahead and slow it way down, but it does have impact. Well, I, I have driven at 65, but only when I, I feel I can or I feel it's necessary based on the flow of traffic but um, uh, if I've got the time to do the 62 or 60 I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take the time to take do that. Take it a little easier. Yes. Do you guys do you guys either of you um, so from the truck operation standpoint uh, Ben you had mentioned smooth smooth acceleration versus mm-hmm. using the cruise control versus mashing it to the floor what is the best technique there that you found? using the cruise letting the truck accelerate i mean it, okay just entire, letting it do it for you we're in a giant computer yeah letting the computer accelerate the truck for you yeah because it does have it i mean it is a more gradual you will notice it is a more gradual and if you're trying to do that gradual acceleration on your own i mean let's face it our roads are not the best any little bump you hit anything your foot bounces yeah it's going to show on the yeah. accelerator so there's times when you're accelerating a little faster you're a little less and it just it's it's not of a smooth so once you hit about 20 miles an hour you can hit the resume and just let it go let it coast you know if you don't mind me saying no. um when i'm local um and i'm in a say a 45 uh, uh mile an hour zone and, and it's, it's quite a stretch uh and i'm at a stoplight I'm not slamming the, the gas pedal to the floor when it goes green. It's just gradual increase in speed uh, and putting the, 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 the gas, pushing down the gas pedal. But as soon as I see my reading that I had set for my cruise control light up in the bottom of the dash, I hit the you cruise hit, control hit the button. and I can activate cruise at that point. Yeah. And, that's, and that I take that as far as I can yeah. go until I come to the next stoplight. So what about the behaviors with smart drive? And obviously there's a couple of things I guess I want to say about smart drive first, uh, just in terms of the total way that, that we handle things on the back end of all this. So our drivers, they're going to have triggers here and there uh, for many different things. And the one thing that I definitely know here in the last couple of months I've found to be true is we get into a situation where a car is getting on the highway, a car is coming over from another lane into your lane and immediately it will fire that that's a not a violation but it assigns it's a points trigger, to yeah, that it's a yeah. follow, close following close distance following that's trigger. the that's the most often trigger um is close. Out, out of out of everything that we yes. see on smart drive and i yes. totally agree with yeah. that that's exactly right um so from that perspective we know okay we're going to take a look at this video because there are instances where a driver is following too closely um, but the what we found for the majority of them and two, typically the lower points mm-hmm. is that, okay, this is not a situation that the driver is going to fix or do anything about that's, you know, that, that car or that truck is pulling away from you, just not at the, the tempo in which the, the camera system set. So we can't by rights charge our driver for that. Um, but the whole goal is, is the higher the points, you know, the worse the driving behaviors are, mm-hmm. the lower the points down to zero. 
the better those behaviors are. So the, the close following distance is, a, is the big one. Um, and we just we eliminate those so that our drivers aren't aren't ding for them. But what are what are some of the behaviors that you guys are using out there to avoid? I mean, you you know, over the last year, you've had to have at least one or two conversations with our safety department over this behavior that happened. So, what are the things that you've done over the last year to really try and avoid those things from happening? Uh, my most common is the is the close following. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a and same thing the majority of them that pop up are because the other drivers on the road have no idea what they're doing right nobody can right. Mer- nobody can merge on an on-ramp anymore <laughs> nobody knows how to switch lanes you know people don't understand you know i know how many times you're coming up to an exit somebody is behind you in the lane beside you and instead of just slowing down getting in behind you to get off on their exit yep. they want to floor it by you and then cut between you and the vehicle in front of you as they're braking to get onto the honor sure it's yeah. the most common oh thing. that's not the way you do that huh? <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you've got a death wish it is but i mean you you run into that all the time yeah. um but one of the things i found in it and it's actually really nice the technology that we've got on the trucks is is that especially with our newer our newer lines our trucks tell us our distance the yes. radar the radar in the truck tells you how far you are away from the vehicle mm-hmm. in front of you and so you can watch that that distance drop and so you can get a feel for okay is this car up are they driving 60 are they driving 64 mm-hmm. um and so you can get a feel for all right this is about how long i have until i'm going to catch up to them okay is the smart drive i found is like once you get to within about a second second and a half and you spend a certain period of time that's when it's going to trigger it and so i like and that's about about 82 to 85 feet <laughs> it's when that happens and so i watch that as i'm coming up and then when i'm getting closer i know okay based on how quickly i'm gaining on them i'm starting to look for an opening to get over right to get, get, out, to, get to get around them um and so that, that's just the thing that i've that i've had to work on um you know over the last year it's gotten a heck of a lot better i mean i i was getting those triggers constantly and so i was always like what am i doing and that's when i started to figure out okay here you know if you look at the events on our on the app and on the web page um it will tell you close close following and then it gives you the seconds of where you're at when you trigger it and i'm like okay so let's do the math here what's my distance at 65 miles an hour that's going to trigger that based on that time frame and so, so I, you can see those videos you oh yeah I, I mean I'm, I'm, I, i've got it right here i mean you can go in and view my on the, when you log in you can view your performance and it will pull up where it happened what time it gives the video so you can review the bits i'm assuming it's the same video yeah it's exactly the same, the same. Yeah. so you can review it because there's been a few of them that have popped up and i've called and i'm like this is ridiculous. <laughs> like this was not my fault. And I've been able to get a couple of them removed off of there, yeah. but they do a pretty good job at, since we've implemented this, of things that were triggering all the time. I mean, I'm when it first happened, my score was over 120 constantly. I'm like, what? how am I supposed <laughs> how, to fix how, this? How, how can I fix this? Yeah. And so that has changed. And now, I mean, it, I'm pretty much at zero all the time. Well, see, that's, that's the whole thing about this. As far as the smart drivers, the whole reason that was implemented, it was, driver exoneration um, company exoneration when we get into bad issues it wasn't meant to be kind of the driver beat down situation but we also know that there's situations and issues and some people drive more aggressively than others or you have a bad day or make some bad decisions out there so 
you've got a tool now that we can use to say, okay, here's what happened. Here's what we think you could have done or changed to do this better. We're not using it to discipline drivers and those types of things. Eric, what's your experience been as far as smart drive? I feel like if you're operating at 55, you're really... <laughs> you're well, <laughs> well uh, I don't know, but I, I'm more of a comment about driving smart. Yeah. And uh, Ben was mentioning about how you can see how how fast the person in front of you is going. Well, if you're in cruise and you get, in my case, the, the most recent truck I had, um, uh, if you get below a, a, a 3.6 six second gain on the person in front of you, the tr- the technology is so sensitive and so smooth that you will you will you will realize after a time that you're not doing the 62 you were set at. You're at 55, and you, you didn't even realize it because it was so subtle. That's mm-hmm. a predictive cruise Because yeah. it's trying to maintain that 3.6 second gap. So what I do is once I've set my cruise, I'm watching the speed just like Ben does, uh, and if I can see out to a distance past the 3.6 seconds that the person in front of me is doing 57, I'm looking in my mirrors and making sure I've got space to my left where I can get over and maintain my speed rather than being slowed down and having to accelerate and use extra fuel to uh, accelerate. I I don't want to do that. I don't want to be slowing down and speeding up all the time. So I'm always positioning myself so I maintain, maintain a consistent speed. Yeah. Sure. That's another thing, the exact same thing. When that starts to drop, and I've had it happen where you're just kind of in the zone and you're driving and you look down and it's like, how long have I been driving 55 on the interstate? So you watch that as well because same thing, that, that distance starts to drop, the cruise, the adaptive cruise will start to back off. And so yeah. especially when you're on the interstate, you, you got to keep, you've you got to now manually, you got to get into the accelerator. Yeah, manually. you got to pay attention to what's so going you, on. So that you can keep your consistent speed to gain up to them to be able to then, you know, to overtake them. And so that absolutely, that's another thing that's got to be watched. Um, and yeah, cause I've, I don't know how many times I've had that happen. It's like, how long have I been doing? How long have I been going? Yeah. Seven? Yeah. In the middle of the night and I'm on the interstate? What is yeah. going on? Here? I think what's funny about that particular piece of technology, too, as it relates to all this, it's, again, another real efficiency in terms of operation. I know that several years back I had we had purchased a, um, a Nissan, um, and it was my wife's vehicle. I hadn't driven it yet, and we and another couple were headed up to the north side of Detroit. And so my first trip in this vehicle, great vehicle. I love loved the vehicle, uh, but it had that particular feature in it, the adaptive cruise. And you guys know as well as I do, if you're up in Detroit, mm. it's traffic. There's things happening. There's just no way around it. It's a major mm-hmm. metropolitan. And uh, so, so as we get through the bend there on I-75 and we're on the north side of that thing, I'm not paying attention. And all of a sudden I look down and I'm at, 50 miles an hour and I'm like oh I like this (laughs) I like this because all it's doing is just giving me that breathing room the whole way uh, and helping to keep you safe and obviously operating hopefully a little more efficiently but then yeah you got to get into it to get around somebody so Mm -hmm. yeah I appreciate the technology the last piece that uh, that we really do need to talk about when it comes to the performance bonus is the fueling piece and um, as I had mentioned earlier, uh, Jenny had taken some, some comments uh, for mm-hmm. maybe about a month, month and a half. Yeah. 
finally the first several months. Yeah, that day, hey, we're finding this fuel price is a little cheaper on the road. So we had to adjust our thinking a little bit. It was bit definitely with that. a frustration. Yeah, and we don't, the, the, the intent of this was not no. to, <laughs> it was to reward. So um, we, uh, we, we put together what we feel is a pretty fair program there. But Jenny, can you talk about a couple of things that drivers can do? to kind of help themselves out if they're not able to fuel here at the yard because yeah. that's the big incentive right in most cases yes but if they can get it for a dollar cheaper over the road i feel like you got to <laughs> do point it of the right? problem the point of the program was to kind of save that fuel cost so um the wex app is the very first thing that a driver can do i know now in orientations um our maintenance director goes over the app and everything they can do over a half a day's period so um hopefully the the newer hires um get to know the app a little bit more in depth. I know some other folks might not have as much experience, but from what I understand, and um, Ben, Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you can put your starting and your end point in and see all of the fuel stops along your route um, before you before you even begin your day. So you can kind of decide where you can stop, how far you can go, what makes the most sense for, for your day. Um, and I think that's probably the most effective way that you're gonna be able to find that that cheaper fuel price. Yeah, if you're going to do it out on the yeah, road. Yeah, and the nice thing is, is it's our it's our contract price as well. Correct. Because it's we don't pay what's on the sign, and so having that ability to look and you know, I've got, I don't 100 percent of my fuel comes from here, um, just it does. based on the routes that I run, and so I'm never worried about that because I know right I have more than enough to get it out and back. I'm here every night, so I'm fueling up here every night before I take off to head back out to New York. Um, but yeah, that, that, that is a nice thing because that was always why I first started was one of the most confusing things mm-hmm. when I would look and I would see the price, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, I'm getting good price. And then like, no, that's not what we pay. I'm like, what do you mean that's not what we pay? <laughs> that's what it says, right? <laughs> it says all this time. And so, yeah, that's uh, with having that ability to use that app to be able to look along your route. And, you know, you said you can kind of get an idea of like, well, this is about where I'm going to be taking mm-hmm. a half an hour break, fuel up when I'm taking my break to save a little bit of time during then that little stretch where is the cheapest fuel for me if i'm gonna have to stop anyway yeah i think uh, it's an important point too uh, and that's one of those things we were discussing before uh before the podcast that um the one misnomer here is that that price at the marquee on on the sign mm-hmm. it's not what it's not what we pay so i appreciate you bringing that up today because um, it's important to use that app. That app is a, a is a great tool for the for the trip planning portion of things, and it's going to lead you right to that um, our price discount, um, not what you're seeing on the sign. Um, Jenny, you know wh- one of the other things. I, I, again, I, I, we we uh, we are a part of a benchmarking group, um, yes. and we uh, had had kind of premiered this program right at the beginning before really even having a month's worth of data. This is the plan, the strategy. And uh, unfortunately, our owner was the one that presented the program. And um, she met was met with a lot of adversity in terms of the flaws and the thinking and that sort of thing. So fast forward to six months uh, later. Yeah, October of that same year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a specific topic at these meetings and the topic wasn't performance bonus but they needed someone to speak so i get in front of this room full of very intelligent mm-hmm. it type people and and deep trucking operations you know folks and um i give virtually the same presentation the big difference is i have the data to back it up now 
And it's significant. If, yeah, you you could have heard a pin drop in that room with as quiet as it was and how attentive that group was, because I think we have something that's really working for our drivers. And obviously it's working for us if it's working for our drivers. But Jenny, I, I wish you'd spend a little bit of time here just kind of explaining what's happened over the course of the last year or so since we've rolled this out. Absolutely. So we have now... Um almost a year's worth of data. We started tracking in February of last year, and I have the final numbers from the end of December. And in that alone, the amount that we've paid back to drivers is over $87,000 in Booyah. up to four cents a mile per hmm. driver. Um, wow. I know, wow. I, yes. <laughs> when I totaled yeah. it, I was like, okay, that's a number. Yeah. Um, We've also, I also track just how many folks get the four cents because you can get up to four cents. Not right. everybody does. I can get three, two, one, and, and no cents. Um, and I will tell you the majority of the drivers fall in the two and three cents a mile category. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that top tier of the MPG, that's that's the top, top miles per gallon getters. And you can only have so many because we use an average of our top 20 drivers. Um, I will just a, um, a little plug. I, I checked out the numbers before we came in, and Eric um, has gotten a top tier every month since we've started the program. As so, a lo- so local driver, to you. it's ridiculous yes. to me. <laughs> it really is. But um, I, that was the one thing that I really tried to point out at that presentation to kind of mm-hmm. come back to that for a second was the trajectory of what had happened with the entire, the whole fleet. It went from there was a small percentage of people at the top and in the middle and a, a pretty decent chunk of individuals that was still weren't earning or were earning one cent. Mm-hmm. And by the time you fast forward to six months later, it's like ev- the, the, the roof had raised. So, the floor had raised, I should say. You said 87000 paid to the drivers. What did it save in our fuel during that same time frame? The fuel savings was not including the payout to the drivers was over $110,000. That's insane. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's insane. When because of driver behavior. It. Right. It just shows, it's just, that's an insane. Nothing thing. else is different. The tractor's not set up any differently. Mm-hmm. We're still the, running the, the same freight. Yeah, we're still running the same freight. Same amount of yeah. fuel you need to get from place Exactly, to place. exactly. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. So it it actually allows us to entertain something really cool for this year, which I'll, I'll roll out. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw this out into the air and just let it kind of simmer for now. But we've got, a, I think, a pretty cool program that uh, we're going to be able to 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 do something very special for the drivers. Actually, for all the employees uh, this year through uh, you know what we're looking at as a profit sharing program. Fantastic. And so you know all of this stuff is relative you know i i think for those that really get it and i i'm surrounded by people in this room today that get it everything that you can do to save a little bit of money for the organization it's it comes back it comes back and the proofs in the pudding with with this particular performance program and the efforts of our drivers to be attentive and and care enough to pick up the phone and call and say hey jenny what what can i do differently what, how do i, I love achieve those this calls, honestly i'm like if you have questions like ben's called me multiple times and and but i appreciate it you have ideas you're the ones doing the work so if there's something that we can do differently or it doesn't make sense um the weight thing in particular i know we kind of talked about that earlier but we are looking at what way can it we have to eliminate any manual process. Right now, it's not a mandatory thing to include weight on all the loads. Right. And it's, t- so it's, we've, we talk about this, what, once a month now, how, what else could we do? Like, how else could we measure this different, these different weights? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, it's we definitely want, a conversation. We wanted to uh, we wanted to be fair from the start with right. this, and we want to continue to be fair with it. And as these ideas and things come up, you guys are the ones helping us shape yes. these programs. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work without the support of the driver and and the input of the driver, and and I think that goes a long way. Well, it, you know, that's one of the things I and I've told Jenny this multiple times. When I said, you know, with these types of programs, I love these types of programs because what it does is is it as drivers we now have skin in the game mm-hmm. you know if i can make some slight adjustments if i can instead of fueling up you know on the road to get points on my pilot card and i know i'm going to be here i can fuel up here um just little things like that to help to save the company when you have skin in the game you're going you know i i do this i'm going to make more money mm-hmm. you're going to have a better chance of getting that behavior to change the profit sharing that, that is an absolutely amazing my, my wife's company does that they do a profit sharing program and it is amazing when you see the numbers and how expenses change mm-hmm. and the inputs into the company change when employers are like if i just make a little bit of an adjustment mm-hmm. i can get an extra check every here's month. the yeah here's the impact yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah so. i mean you just look at the profit we've made on this program alone this is profit so we're going to you want to share right i mean that's yeah it does this is three simple things we're tracking you know, we're in business to make money don't get me wrong but at the same time it takes all of us working together and i think uh this is testimony to that for sure yeah. well i want to take a moment and thank all three of you for joining me today this was different to manage because i'm looking around the room the whole time uh, i i do i appreciate the uh um, the input today and i think there's a lot of valuable information that you've been able to share with that's the fleet Yeah, and uh, I thank you each for your time, and I thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond the Cab.